the most important part of any podcast is being extremely sweaty. <laughs> it's I, I true. I, I will, in solidarity, turn off my fan. I mean, I can't even hear your fan in the background, but I don't know. It makes my audio sound much clearer when I'm not, when I have my fan off. Unfortunately, it makes me sound much sweatier. Maybe it's the being sweatier and not the fan being off that makes your audio clearer. I think that might be right. I think audio, I think uh, microphones work much better with a, a lot of humidity, especially stinky humidity. I hesitate to say this because I do want you hot and sweaty for the podcast. <laughs> the background noise has been much, much better in general. I haven't heard your fan or any motorcycles or any sirens. <laughs> that, that, that's just because I blew up the hospital. <laughs> no more sirens for me. There can't be any sirens if I slashed all the tires of the ambulances. I've actually been making it impossible for people to get health care by lobbying for the healthcare industry for 40 years uh, so that nobody can actually go to the hospital, which is why there's so few noises now. We're in the point of uh, reality where I can just imagine somebody doing that. Ending healthcare as a thing just so they don't have to listen to sirens outside their house. To be fair, this is something that would happen in the UK. Somebody from Goldhamshire mm-hmm. slashed all the tires of the amb- ambulances today so they could stream Call of Duty to three people. <laughs> oh, I almost spat out like my fucking drink. <clears throat> okay, so do you have the Trello pulled up, Reese? I'm pull. I'm pulling it up. A Trello. How professional. I know, right? Uh, we have a thing where we just stick ideas to. I don't know what this is, and I'm not going to click on it. But Legionnaires' disease links. I don't that. <laughs> That's my plan to give everyone Legionnaires' disease. <laughs> Whoops! Wrong Trello. Yeah. That's the cabal that you're a part of to do to do bioterrorism. Well, actually, I was hoping to go on, well, there's your problem podcast, and I pitched mm-hmm. an idea to do not eat that was like basically talking about this incident with Legionnaire's disease and how many fucking people it kills. Because there was this mm-hmm. one time, there was like a party in Norway where a hot tub with Legionnaire's bacteria in it killed like 70 people. Damn. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's pretty fucking wild. But how was the economy? Oh, wonderful. Just the biggest economy you've ever seen. Just amazing, incredible, resplendent economy. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I'm Alton. With me, as always, is Reese. Hello. Uh, we are here to tell you the truth about video games, that they are bad and reactionary. And we're here to take down a particular uh, favorite windmill of ours to swing at called Bioshock Infinite. And to join us in this crusade against bad Ken Levine games is our friend Missandry. Hello, Missandry. Hi. Yes, video games are bad. Indeed. I agree with this thesis. Yeah, we've just fucking played a bunch, like three hours of it, but you know, they're bad. We play them every fucking day just to make sure that they're still bad, and every time it's confirmed. 
hey, hey, come on. Cars are bad, but right. we still drive them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we had Missandry on the good media podcast when we did Mandy, and so now we have to have her on for the yeah bad bad media to for balance. Yeah, so basically this whole episode idea as a concept came up because me and Reese were talking about how America has basically become this Bioshock-esque country where millions of insane mutants battle for fentanyl while our glorious dumbass god king Joe Biden smiles and says, Come on, man, what are you going to do? All the while pacified by impotent golden vistas. Pretty much, and it's like we have a developing cult that like worships nonsense in mm-hmm. QAnon. It's probably one of the most powerful political forces in this country right now are the people who want to spread disease and kill people because oh math is uncomfortable. Some sort of combination between Bioshock and just Warhammer, where it's just like these fucking <laughs> like servants of Nurgle are going around telling people that masks are fake news or whatever. So our, what you're saying is that Zinch is QAnon. Yes. I, I I have no idea what Zinch is, but yes. Oh, I'm not that into the Warhammer 40k lore. I just think it's funny to call people Nurgle, the fat chaos god who has, like, like pusk out of his nipples or whatever. Zinch is the chaos god of trickery and basically being a justice planned weirdo. So they're a messy bitch who lives her drama. I can respect that. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, if there was a chaos god that was about being a messy bitch that lived for drama, that is the one that I would worship. Well, there, there is, but it's not a chaos god. That'd be the Harlequin, but that's a, that's a, that's a topic oh for another god. episode. We need to not talk about Warhammer. Or 40k or anything, because that's an entirely different kettle of fashy fish to get into. Um, but, but yeah, this, I, this comparison to America to Bioshock, just like, it really scraped off a scab and just like a lot of just loathing towards the series just spilled forth. This was a while ago now, so we're trying to recapture it a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's still... It's there, still there deep inside. Like, I was reading the Bioshock wikis and a couple of interviews and stuff like that. And it's just like, I'm ready to get mad. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm ready to get furious. Let's all try to remember, like, what was your first impression with Bioshock? I mean, like, first time you played it back in, like, 2013, 2014, whatever. Like, what first- did you think? Well, uh, just real quick, before we get into Bioshock Infinite, I just would like to say the first Bioshock is decent because it is the first video game that had an idea. (laughs) Holy shit, it's an idea. Really, it's like the most obvious basic shit imaginable where it's like, oh, of course Ayn Rand is bullshit. Like, What what if the tutorial was you were brainwashed to do it? Well, (laughs) <laughs> I disagree there. The first, bi- you could detect traces of the bullshit that would happen in Infinite with the first Bioshock. Well, like, because although Ayn Rand is bullshit, the amazing brainsmith Ken Levine uh, <laughs> made very important to make the distinction that the 
oppositional movement to the Ayn Rand character, Andrew Ryan, who led a civilians uprising against the exploitative rapture, was also a uh, exploitative psyop itself because got to do both sides. Fontaine was the guy. I, I think you said uh, Andrew Ryan. Yeah, Andrew Ryan is the Ayn Rand stand-in. Yes. But uh, the, Fontaine is the guy who was the psyop that was Atlas. Yeah. And got to make both sides terrible because Ken Levine is a man who's sitting on the edge. This is like a edge. trope I've noticed going through all kinds of media, including games, TV, film, etc., where they have a villain whose entire thing is is harping on inequality and injustice and things, and they have to portray that person as being, uh, like, fake. They don't really care. They're just using it to get power. And it's so fucking common in so many different mediums. Like, it's in fucking The Legend of Korra, that first season where they're fighting the Equalists. Who are right. Yeah, who were factually <laughs> correct. Oh god, I had another example, and now I'm forgetting what it was. Killmonger? Killmonger, <laughs> fuck, Mike. No, Killmonger, I think, genuinely believed it, but he was also like, I'm going to establish, I'm going to dethrone this dictatorship, and establish a new dictatorship that's better. That's my dictatorship. He believed it, but the movie didn't. Yeah. Uh, this, this is something I've harped on, like, quite a bit with the Outer Worlds. I, I don't know. Every single, like, communist or socialist stand-in in that game is like, actually, I'm a huge dipshit hypocrite, and you should not trust me. And if you take my path, that's actually the bad path, and you have to compromise to be the good path. And it's Part the blueprint in Bioshock as well. On all of them, extremity is portrayed as the real evil mm -hmm. as it's like supposedly trying to play with these different ideas in the in the debates and each game has its own ideologies it's playing with but it kind of focuses on on like this very soapy details of the characters in the story and they ultimately decide that both sides are bad and i'm the good one because I'm, well, I'm in the middle far be it for me to say but i think a lot of this can be traced back to how early to mid 2000s media in general movies shows and whatnot like as a reaction to 9-11 were generally tending to the grittier side where men doing bad things for good reasons right although they're like reasons for these plot lines like the actual like ethical implications of them are horrifying the themes they were working on they made sense in their own perverse way. However, as time went on, the theme itself, doing a bad thing for a good reason, again, as nebulous as it is, got more and more muddled. And video game, as we know, being a industry filled with big brain boys who can write thinks good, they made an active decision to try and make something that says something nuanced, but they confused nuance for equivocation. Mm. Now, the mm -hmm. thing about this is, I don't think that Ken Levine himself is saying anything about politics. I think he's just a guy who is very invested in his own perceptions of things, and he wanted to make something that he saw as important. However, because, as said, video games are filled with galaxy brain people, the threads and themes that he worked on, he had to create an oppositional force. And, you know, 
equivocation, the oppositional force has to be as bad or worse than the forces it's working against. Otherwise, whatever platonic ideal he's working to doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter what the ideologies could be, as long as they're oppositional. Yeah. I do think that there is a, le- a legitimate successful critique of Ayn Rand in the first Bioshock, only because it is so easy to do. It, yeah. is, it is the most basic dumb thing to be like, I, I, oh, the sweat of my brow. I, I don't need anybody else, even though I've been taken care of by other people my whole life. And the mechanic of choosing between killing the little sister and getting an immediate infusion of stuff or saving them and then getting more later i do think it it is a successful gameplay mechanic that tries to engage with the ideology which is present nowhere else in the other bioshock stuff it was good for the time compared to other AAA games which is why i think that it was successful in the moment i think the fact that it has an singular idea like it has a setup and payoff because of the whole would you kindly thing it actually kind of exceeds some modern games in that respect because it's sort of like in terms of narrative like video games have been like stagnating for a while let's say Mm -hmm. they've been stagnating since they started i'd wager yeah in all honesty like as bad as bioshock infinite is it's not as nearly as shitty as like the cowardice of something like Ubisoft, who directly rips off political imagery and messaging to be like, this is set dressing for our fucking microtransaction platform. I agree that Bioshock is better than the sex assault company that uh, makes BLM the bad guy. Uh, But I still... The point is not that Bioshock Infinite is the biggest, shittiest game ever. It's just it was so fucking overrated. Yeah. Just insanely overrated, which I think we're going to get into. I also wouldn't say that it's the worst game ever. I would definitely say it's overrated, but more than anything, I just think it's frustrating. Hmm. It is. It does have like these moments of potential that shine through. Like when you're actually at like Daisy's stronghold and they're like playing the revolutionary music and it's got this really interesting setting of revolution. It takes all that potential and just throws it in the trash. We're like, yeah, we have to murder these children. We have to murder children. That's who we are. We're definitely serious representations of the left and, you know, our ideology. Well, it's just bread and circuses. It isn't any meaningful engagement with the themes. Right. After the both sides are bad stuff, it drops it, which is for the back half of the game. If anything, the way that scene is framed is trying to suggest that because of the potential available here, that's what makes Daisy even worse than uh, Comstock. I I wanted to say Comcast, but that's not right. (laughs) Comcast would make an excellent villain. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like you play this video game and like the main villain just attacks you by making you like lag out and drop connection <laughs> truly the greatest enemy to answer your question alton i i found the first moments of bioshock infinite like the first blush is quite compelling obviously quite expensive the world is obviously well researched mm-hmm. they got the aesthetics down point honestly like that's one of the strongest things about the Bioshock series in general. And it's really tough to make a human character come alive in a video game the way that they did with Elizabeth 
And some of their interactions with Booker are like compelling. They're interesting. But the minute that that fades away and it doesn't cohere into anything at all, in combo with the fact that the gameplay was dog shit. <laughs> yeah, everyone says in retrospect like how bad the shooting mechanics were. In kinder terms, it is uninspired. Uh, in truthful terms, it is just a slog. The The gameplay does not feel good, and the encounters take too long to complete. But, I mean, just, you get to listen to somebody's like audio recording while you shoot someone in the head. That's compelling. They're all bullet sponges, and none of the plasmids, whatever the, the special powers Sonic, are. Salt, yeah, the, whatever. Yeah, the, it's just different ways to chip away at the bullet sponge health. It's there, There's nothing, there's no strategy or death yeah. involved. And I'm sure that, you know, they have their own ideas of how things should have worked, but it didn't come off at all. And I turned it down to easy at a certain point because it just wasn't fun. It's not fun to play. It would have been better as a walking simulator, like truly. Damn. Ken Levine blown the fuck out. Man, just dropping the gloves there. <laughs> uh, I agree, though, because one of my favorite things about the first Bioshock and even the second Bioshock is that the plasmids always felt good. It always felt satisfying to use them. Nothing feels better than shooting bees out of your hands. Nothing feels better <laughs> than shooting bees out of your hands. Nothing feels better than freezing a dude than whacking him with a wrench. Yeah. But. Bioshock Infinite has none of that shit. The plasmid, uh, the plasmid analogs do not feel good in the slightest, with the exception of Murder of Crows, which is the only plasmid at least I use throughout the game, because every other one sucked. It's been so long since I played it that I, I, I guess maybe just the fact that I don't remember what they were, and I can remember every plasmid from the first Bioshock, Start even though figures. it's been even though it's been way longer since I played that game is really an indication of how bad they really are like i can remember the first bioshock so much better than infinite even though it was so long ago like even the kind of iffy parts like the the plumbing game you play to match up pipes to hack things the but, circus of value i remember that more deeply in my soul than anything in bioshock infinite <laughs> All right, but this is the point where we need to switch and talk about how it's actually the best game ever. 10 out of 10, <laughs> Jim Sterling. 5 out of 5 stars, Jeff Gerstman. These icons of gaming. Like, even on the left, these are highly respected people. And back in 2013, they, <laughs> they legit gave this perfect scores. And that is wild looking back. Like, what the fuck happened? How? In my opinion, there is nothing in Bioshock Infinite that ever reaches anything higher than just okay. Mm -hmm. I remember Adam Sessler almost transcending to speaking in tongues. Just like, <laughs> just effusively praising the game. He's just like, oh, and then there's the sky rails. It's fun to go around in sky rails. It's like, and I, I mean, you know, it's cool that it's cool like the first couple times and then it just sort of like this is fiddly and weird then you start to realize that the sky rails never actually give you any more options that than they would suggest or then you realize that they're like 
kind of fucking bugged and you can totally exploit them to just fuck over all the enemies. And even like the handymen that they like are supposedly supposed to counter you just abusing the rails by electrifying them. You just drop off for like two seconds and then get back on and keep going around like the fucking merry-go-round where nobody can hit you and just shoot people. Uh, I don't know. It, it seems like it's kind of a broken mechanic. The thing is, is that I think it's stupid when people get upset about what game journalists think and do. Right. But there is a little bit of a kernel of truth. Because how else can you explain the fact that everybody in the game journalist sphere went apeshit? Except for the fact they have to play 900 games a year. And this one had a lot of pretty colors on the surface and no real depth. And they played it on easy. So, Oh, give me a second. I'm just going to get another uh, alcohol and then I'll be right back. And then I have something to say. That's very important. Okay. Oh. I'm I'm shaking in anticipation. Go go ape shit. All right, so uh, who's ready to hear the ballad of the ultimate simp? All right, uh, I am on Twitter right now, preemptively canceling you. Excellent. <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> is that a joke about you being the ultimate simp? Uh, we'll leave that to your imagination. All right. <laughs> All right. So here's a fun fact about Ian Miles Chong. Before he was a world-renowned dipshit chud, he was an SJW games journalist. I remember that. And when we were searching for things relating to bioshock infinite like back in 2013 i stumbled upon these messages that he had sent directly to jim sterling and these this isn't even all of them there are like half a dozen at least where he is just sucking the toes of bioshock infinite but let's, let's go ahead and read some of these real quick who would like to do the honors mm, let me let me let me try and channel the grease well the first one i have to say is like he says something like Check out what I wrote about Bioshock Infinite's racism accusations, and it links to a Tumblr, which, sadly, he has since deleted. <laughs> so the second one you'll have to read off. At Jim Sterling, apparently it's trendy to hate Bioshock Infinite now. Never mind that everyone was praising it when it released. Yeah. It's like, there is so many tweets from Ian Miles Chong, who is, like, talking about Bioshock Infinite, um, <laughs> he's just trying to defend it as being like, no, it's actually really good. And I think, I think that, that this might be the thumbnail of just Ian Miles Chong saying it's trendy to hate Bioshock Infinite now. Yes, yes, it is, because it was always bad. That's what's amusing to me is that I went back and I read through like some of the stuff that Jim Sterling wrote about this game in 2013. And he was talking about how there was like this backlash against the game that he everyone was putting this down to is like oh people just don't like it because it's popular you know that's a thing that people do that like if something is super popular there'll be this hardcore group of like contrarians who are like well actually i don't think it was all that good and nothing has aged funnier than fucking going back to people talking about this in 2013 
And then having them now recognize that, oh yeah, Bioshock Infinite was pretty overrated. <laughs> it's become intensely popular among the more elite and intellectual members of games criticism to write off Bioshock Infinite as a poor game and anybody who enjoyed it as a misguided prole. Well, I'm sorry. I loved Bioshock Infinite when it launched. I loved it two weeks later when their first hit pieces were published about it. I loved it six months later when the obligatory popular game backlash was in full force. I love Bioshock Infinite. Sorry benefit of hindsight uh, a lot of the that uh, a lot of these people are gaining with regards to like actually dissecting the 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 themes of bioshock like when it first released there was not a single person who pointed out the fact that despite booker dewitt's character being touted as being a like a veteran of wounded knee and a pinkerton never confronts the fact those two things need to be addressed. It's like a, you know, tragic backstory or whatever, but it's more about how, like, oh, you become Comstock, and we have to deal with that. That's spoilers. I, oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm looking at, like, fucking things that Ian Ma Chong has said about Bioshock Infinite. Uh, okay, so this is funny, because it says, I'm sorry that Bioshock Infinite is too nuanced for feminist frequency, who would prefer it if the story only had good guys and bad guys? But here's something from 20 fucking 19. Uh, Reese, will you read this for us? This is everyone who skipped the dialogues in Bioshock Infinite and then called it racist and sexist because the story lacked context. And it's rich people standing straight up, like it's skeleton like, standing. Yeah. Regular skeleton, oh, regular, regular skeleton. skeleton, poor people, and then and then an ape gamers who skip dialogues and complain the story is shit. This is so this- perfect. This fucking moron. I thought that he was just simping back in 2013. No, as of 20 April 9th, 2019, still fucking defending this game. Holy shit. Do you think he has played the game more than once? That's a good question. It's quite possible, because I think we've zeroed in on something important here, that this might be the only thing on Earth that Ian Miles Chong actually believes and cares about, because <laughs> everything else is like an endless grift, and, you know, he, he is just a toady, just a total dipshit. But if we remember, the one thing that turned Ian Miles Chong away from the SJW mantle that he clung to so desperately was when somebody called the Witcher racist. Oh my god! Because everybody in the Witcher was white. He's like, it's it's Polish. You can't you can't be racist when it's Polish. And then and and then just started retweeting Donald Trump. If this game really is Polish, then how come the game case doesn't have a screen door on it? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Well, it's it's very clear. The reason it doesn't have a screen door is because it's not supposed to go underwater. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> Messenger, you got me. <laughs> I can say that. I buy Pushkas regularly. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. All right. What were you saying, Reese? I'm sorry I interrupted. Right, here's what I want to know. It's like... What the fuck happened in 2013? How are, like, respected journalists, like, uh, I guess maybe he wouldn't call himself that, but Jim Sterling, 
and then uh, Jeff Gersman. How did they get like rooked into this? Like, uh, how did they have like? How did Bioshock Infinite manage to create like this this time bubble in 2013 where people were f- going fucking insane for it that just did not last? I think it has to do. Uh, I think it has to do with the fact that it, like Bioshock Infinite, it released early in 2013, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, somewhere like that. So it's just after Obama got elected for a second term. Mm. Oh, so it's I Obama's ju- fault. Ah, I, th- I got it. I think, I think, I think, just the intersection of like the political landscape at the time, which was idealistic but like not very critical, mm. uh, overlapped with like overlapped with like the ga- uh, the gaming zeitgeist of the time sort of created an extended honeymoon period for Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. And I really have to stress that Bioshock is ideologically trash. Like, it's just so fucking shit. Like, in retrospect, in retrospect, it looks even worse, but people should have been able to see this from the beginning. After things like Black Lives Matter... And like the murder of George Floyd, and you have this minority-led revolutionary group fighting for their freedom, is portrayed as like just as evil as Comstock, like this white supremacist, fucking religious fanatical. It's just it is aged like milk out in the sun. Well, I think the reason it got so many ten out of tens is that it does what white people love the most in stories is that it deals with racism without actually taking like a hardline stance on it other than it's bad. Well, it- and, and, and that's why people love, you know, they love the Watchmen TV show. You see it time and time again. And people just love that kind of like very, very shallow woke shit. And I, I hate to put it in those kind of culture war terms, but it's like the game is very beautiful. It's shell is very beautiful. So it's easy to like that aspect of it if you're not thinking about it. And who who wants to think about video games? It's certainly very harmful psychically. <laughs> um, and, and then the stuff you do think about, if you can feel like a good person. And then by the end of it, it rejects both sides as being bad and then goes into this really convoluted parallel worlds, almost like soap opera drama about these different versions of Booker and Elizabeth and what this all means. And then it all wraps up in Burial at Sea with it just being 100% a fan wank about how this connects to the first Bioshock. Oh. So people just love that shit, and that's all you need. People don't want to have an opinion about ideology. I- I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's, I remember this discourse so fucking well that like back in 2013 and 14, people were just like, like just creaming all over themselves about how fucking intelligent and cool the fucking story was when they introduced like the multiple dimension thing there are many things to hate about bioshock infinite but the fact that it seems to be the many worlds theme that so many people latch onto as the good part despite the fact that it is probably one of the worst presentations of many worlds theory i have ever seen I don't understand. I do not get it. I don't get it. But you, you don't understand, Miss Andrew. What if you could pull a health tonic out from another dimension with your powers? 
I would honestly, I would defend some parts of it. Like, it is at least a little bit interesting that the kind of world set dressing aesthetic things that they do with it is like have modern music in 1920s ass style. That, that moment where they're singing Beach Boys in the like the old, the like old timey barbershop quartet is singing the Beach Boys is probably the best part of the game. I yeah. don't disagree. But um, it's that, like, that aspect is cool. I, I honestly think they could have done more with that. Like I said, the thing that they get so right about the Bioshock games is the aesthetic. And that kind of aesthetic, on that aesthetic level, it really works for Bioshock Infinite. What doesn't work is when people try to take like this B-list level, style, like sci-fi original story ass movie concept and pretend that it's like the most intelligent story ever written that like looking back is just pure cringe (laughs) the part that sucks is the second half that totally decouples from the themes it's been working with the entire game when it's like both sides are bad and you just deal with this very kind of convoluted like bookers and elizabeth is from many worlds thing and it's like it's not like it's the worst thing ever but it sucks within the game and i think what typifies it for me is that moment where you have to throw the baseball at a slave and it's just like, are you going to throw the baseball or not? Are you going to try to fit in and be a dipshit? Or are you going to say no and have they're, they're going to realize you're not one of them? Also displaying one of 2013's worst fucking gaming trends and being a quick time event. Yeah. And if you do it, they grab your hand. So you don't actually do it. And they might notice your mark. And it, and it goes off the same way anyways. You just you just sick inside. You know that you're racist. Specifically, you can choose between throwing it at like the interracial couple or the racist. What's his fucking name? The guy who like represents like the industrialist. He's like this uh, circus performer yeah. looking motherfucker. It doesn't take a stand really. Like it's like no. obviously you're supposed to feel like a bad person if you chose that they, you did it they but, grab but, your hand regardless like it's literally a pointless choice and like somehow the people involved will give you like listen i remember looking this up on the wikipedia if you decide to throw it at the interracial couple like the circus barker looking fucker will like give you a reward from the industrialist and like if you decide to throw it at him then like the interracial couple meets you later and it's like hey thanks for helping us out there's literally no difference how can these people tell what your intentions were and i i would really honestly not have an well i would still have issues with the shitting over people fighting for like equal rights i would have issues with that but i wouldn't have as much issue if people didn't treat this as like this amazing accomplishment and just treat it like the B movie schlock that it is. I touched on it earlier and I'm going to mention it again because it is just genuinely infuriating. But again, the fact that a central conceit to Booker DeWitt's character is that uh, he's a wounded Nevet and mm-hmm. he's a former Pinkerton and they never ever touch on what that actually means in terms of what booker would be as a person garbage like literally the worst fucking things you could possibly be apparently like one of the things he does is that he he was like especially brutal at wounded knee and it's just like okay so he's participated in the genocide of native americans and the brutal suppression of the labor movement in the united states and it's like wow 
What a sympathetic fucking character. This guy who would definitely hesitate to throw a baseball at an interracial couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, though, is that he is kind of sympathetic because that's all set dressing that's not really dealt with. It's just backstory. And it's all about your relationship with Elizabeth, which is kind of compelling because Elizabeth is really well rendered and it drops all of this stuff so quickly just to have it be about your relationship with elizabeth and that's what people respond to because that's what the game's really about and i think even that's not terribly successful it's just you know charming for a video game and if it was just about that i'd have no problem with it really i mean i guess the pinkerton agency did do like uh detective work and honestly there's this really interesting book called red harvest i will admit i haven't read yet it's by dashiell hammett who who is like an actual communist organizer who used to be a pinkerton detective and like that is part of what radicalized him was actually working within that system and that could have been really interesting but they don't fucking do anything with it Oh, it's because, like was said, all it is is set dressing. It is a just a word, an emotionally loaded word they could put in the story it, without having to make any like any narrative investment in it. You, you know what just it to is? Get that superficial connection. It's just like this. It's like a hollow cake, but what burst out isn't like a big titty stripper. It's uh, <laughs> it, it, it it's Big Daddy. <laughs> that's what what bioshock is essentially just hollow cake it is just very infuriating and like the plot conceit that that comstock is uh, is alternate dewitt like the suggestion that dewitt is like this radically different person if this one event happened i feel is very reductive of the fact that all of this happens after wounded knee after tenure in the in the uh Pinkerton, and Pinkerton agency. agency, and the only difference is he gets baptized in one. That's it. <laughs> oh my god! Correct me if I'm wrong, but at the end of the game, isn't it that rather than wrestling with any idea, they just d- drown Dewitt before he can make that choice? A- and so it's just like, well, we don't. It just doesn't happen. Everything's fine now. A big issue with Bioshock is this wasted potential, almost because you could see almost in like the Dashiell Hammett story where this could have gone to be interesting and tie these two almost completely separate halves of Bioshock Infinite story with the revolution of the Vox Populi with the multi-dimensional bullshits. You could have done something interesting with that, but it could not have been done by a liberal. Yeah, would would I have been <laughs> would I have been absolutely enraptured by a piece of fiction where you're playing from the perspective of time traveling labor revolutionaries? Fucking yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's that sounds indulgent enough in a way that would appeal to me just on a visceral level, but in order to be able to tackle that and what that means, you would have to have a fundamental understanding of what a labor revolution means. Yeah. And the sort of people who would be affected by such. I, I I don't even need to agree with it. I would just respect it if it just took any opinion at all on the, all of these ideas that we're dealing with. You heard it here, folks. Reese would enjoy Bioshock Infinite if it said racism was good. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you, you joke, but at least it would be a piece of art that was saying something. 
instead of just being mm, this, this fluff that that's is something pure... you're you're so fucking right reese that is such a fucking plague with video games is that not even that they say bad things like plenty of games say bad things like call of duty is like sympathetic to the army and the cia and shit but so many more games don't even fucking say anything like they're physically incapable of taking a stand on anything and it robs them of any artistic merit whatsoever and it's usually okay because it's like whatever it's a video game if it's fun and it can take up some of your time whatever but this game is so enraptured with its ideas of what if an ideology existed and you had to think about it every once in a while in between <laughs> shooting. And and that's it. That's the whole thing. It never plays with it and deals with it. And I actually do think it understands these ideas. They, it seems like they've done their research. They just, they're liberals. The correct thing is, what if the real important thing that should happen is the things be exactly as they are now with nothing changing? And you're like, wow, thanks. Glad I played this game. It's also very wow technology in like a kind of Elon Musk sort of way. The technology of Columbia exists entirely separate from the themes and ideology of what it's trying to present. So there is no connection between the story and the technology itself. It's just, yeah. wow, look at the stuff. Floaty cities and mechanical man. Hook on rail and go like roller coaster. Be hands. Be hands. All right. So I think we should wrap up the series discussion of Bioshock Infinite. I think we've got more than yeah. enough tearing Agreed. into what is wrong with it and the kind of discussions of what they could have done better. I got so in like into the conversation <laughs> about what is wrong with Bioshock Infinite that I almost forgot. The most important part <laughs> of our entire discussion, which is, of course, going on Twitter and searching Bioshock Infinite plus Amaze Balls. <laughs> I am excited for this. I do want to put one word on our discussion of Bioshock Infinite, though. Mm-hmm. Bioshock. Oh, oh. Boom. Exactly. Also, it is very depressing to see that the word balls was used up until the year 2018. No, they're still fucking using balls. believe me. Like, Chuck Wendig's keeping that torch lit. <laughs> Chuck Wendig is a... Is, he, is, he is a paradox of a person. God. No, let's not, is, let's, we can't go down the... Chuck yeah, we can't Wendig go to the Chuck De- Wendig. We've beaten that dead horse enough. But let's get into these fucking tweets. I want to read, like, this fucking insane series of tweets i'm just gonna go uh, let me get ready for this tweet says amazeballs bioshock infinite barbershop gaz only knows pax east jeno says bioshock infinite trail equals amazeballs good to see something different coming soon dodger says yes that dodger oh my butts bioshock infinite is amazeballs and the, <laughs> the ace fangirl says, ooh, the Bioshock Infinite one looks amazeballs. Steph says, so glad to be back streaming. My body was ready. Also, Bioshock Infinite is amazeballs. Hashtag Bioshock. Hashtag Twitch. Alan Danzis says, the Skyline stuff in Bioshock Infinite looks amazeballs. Emily says, Bioshock Infinite DLC it looks amazeballs. Definitely need to replay that one the entire game and cry. And cry. Oh. People crying to Bioshock is a depressing <sighs> thought. 
But I just want to say on that on that uh, Dodger one, you missed a uh, juicy follow up. Oh no! From Texan Morel quoting Dodger: "Yes, it is of balls, truly amazing." Oh, <laughs> oh. Jesus! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Gina says, "Holy shit, balls! The Bioshock Infinite commercial looks amaze balls." Shit balls Our- and amaze balls in the same <laughs> sentence. This oh. is very extremely just penny arcade. <laughs> S says the storyline in Bioshock Infinite is amaze balls. Captain Jeebus says, Oh, Bioshock Infinite is amaze balls. <laughs> Bioshock Infinite, you are amaze balls. Wonderful story and such a gut wrenching finale. Ugh. This one uh, is a bit longer. <laughs> but Bioshock Infinite has solid world building, and the Hall of Heroes thing with the wounded knee Boxer Rebellion exhibits is amaze balls. Oh, I loved seeing offensive Chinese caricatures. That was amaze balls to me. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. I, I went it, I went cross-eyed. Just Just like you read through this and it is just the a deep well of madness stemming from 2013. Just a dark void in the timeline where people were saying this so fucking much. There's so many. Oh this is the worst data set, the most corrupted data set for anything ever. And it's truly cursed. Like, there's no reason to search this unless you're us, but it is <laughs> the perfect distillation of everything we think about Bioshock Infinite. So That's we're, right. We're, Bioshock we're, we're Infinite is amazeballs. We're, that's our official conclusion. For some reason, a lot of people think that Hellworld started with the Trump. Some people think that Hellworld like, was always here. I think that Hellworld only truly begun when Bioshock Infinite came out and then reality just started content aware scaling off of it <laughs> oh t- like going back to like the early 2010s is it- it's so fucking weird it's not that long ago like it's not as far away as like the 90s but something about how 2016 to 2020 has been so fucking eventful in a bad way Looking back at, like, the early 2000s, like, pre-2016, it is looking at another dimension. Well, I would like to bring us a little snapshot of Balls in the current dimension. Uh, so, in the last hour, what do you think somebody said this was Balls to? I it is know. MSNBC tweet saying, Biden campaign on President Trump's attempt to make up a drug test policy for the upcoming presidential debate. Joe Biden intends to deliver his debate answers in words. If the president thinks his best case is made in urine, he can have at it. Can you link that? Like, I didn't understand it as you were saying it. I was like, President Trump wants to drug test Joe Biden before the debate. Oh. And Joe Biden's like, oh, well, if President Trump wants to make this about pee, he can. I'll debate in word. I literally thought that they were going to say that, like, Trump was going to talk by pissing. Uh, I mean, now that would be amazeable. <laughs> in my opinion, every candidate in the debate should do a urine test, uh, but only because you shouldn't be allowed to debate unless you're on a sufficient amount of ketamine. 
Jesus. Uh, <laughs> greed. So sorry for that distraction. The scourge of balls. It's not has not been left in the past. This is fuck, fucking from today. Holy shit. This, this was an hour ago. This was, yeah, an hour and a half ago as of this recording. Somebody is saying, this is amazeballs to somebody saying, President Trump wants to, to make his case in PP. <laughs> Ugh. This is painful. I can't fucking take. I can't fucking take this anymore. MSNBC, everything from them just makes my brain turn to styrofoam. I-, I would just like to say my final statement on Bioshock Infinite is that it's not just all the stuff that we said. It's that it, by the time you're doing the same thing with the third one, but just different ideology, it's boring. You've done it. You have no wrinkle. It's like the leprechauns oh. in the hood, the leprechauns in the space station. We it's, did, it's the same attitude. Yeah. We didn't even get to how, like, I never played Bioshock 2, but apparently it's supposed to be, like, the first one's a critique of objectivism. The second one's a critique of communism. It marks and John Stuart Mills was what I saw quoted in the interview from the, the devs. Oh, they're critiquing Marx? How can a fucking video game writer this fucking shitty even attempt to critique Marx? By creating one of the most cardboard cutout villains? Nobody even fucking remembers that game, like, other than, like, the multiplayer. I remember Minerva's Den. Yeah, people say that was good, but, like, other than that, like, it was so forgettable. It wasn't even made by the original devs, was it? No, it was, like, 2K... It was 2K Australia? This is the thing about, like, critiquing communism. You can, Some people can do it, but, like, if you aren't ideologically educated, there is no fucking way that you try to do this kind of equivocation bullshit that video games and other media tries to pull off without looking just absolutely fucking stupid. I think it was so off-base. I think most people didn't even really pick up on it because it's like... If I recall correctly, what's her name? The villain is all about Sophia Lamb. It's very much kind of about like hive mind. I thought it was more like about cults and stuff like that. And, and you know, it's calling communism a cult, you know, when you kind of look deeper into it. But the oh, yes, communism, where everyone objectively believes the same thing and never infights about it. They never use the word communism in the game, but the word collectivism is thrown around. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone knows that individualism has really worked out for America, a country which is so similar to Bioshock that the underwater city part will eventually be taken care of by rising sea levels. Yeah, uh, and we have a bunch of rugged individualists living in places like Wyoming doing mm-hmm. whatever the fuck they want because libertarians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they specifically say in that interview I was reading, they're just like, we wanted them to play around with the ideas of the extremes of both sides. And so it's like specifically saying that like the right place is the center, hide well, in the center and you will be okay. I, I saw this post on Twitter like, and I wish I could find it again, but, like, there was, like, literally this scene from, like, this show where they talked about, like, oh, why do you think politics are boring? And it's like, like, why don't you get involved in politics? Like, well, they're frightfully boring. And it's like, yeah, because they already all work for you and changing anything would actually detriment you, like, materially. And it, it's so fucking true. 
all these fucking like Ken Levine, like these white, relatively wealthy people writing video games. Just like, oh my fucking god, they yeah. they they have no they have a material interest in maintaining the status quo, and whether they think about it or not, it shows up in all of their fucking work. Yeah, their comfort levels are very laid bare. But I would like to say, on Bioshock 2's criticism of collectivism, socialism, Marxism, what have you, the first game, its critique of objectivism worked because objectivism as an ideology standing on its own legs presents itself very clearly. When you have a society run by the whims of individuals with no uh, no concern for the uh, no concern for the the to- like the society they live in. You're going to end up with a society sinking, uh, like sinking real fast, real violently. But with the, the the criticism that they try to present in Bioshock Two, the criticism is only only works because Sophia Lamb was literally using mind control techniques. It had nothing to do with ideology. It had to do with the fact that she was using pseudoscientific hypnosis and drugs. Which is actually what leftism is all about. Now, I would like to ask all of our listeners to go ahead and swallow the pills that V. Gatwato has sent you in the mail that allow you to become the Alpha Chad Antifa Warriors pre-programmed to to destroy small businesses and uh, white babies that we've given you swallow the pills i thought those were suppositories Uh, that's a common misconception because as a leftist we want to put things in our butts that is a very well-known thing boofing is for officers (laughs) and we have separate instructions for the leadership division indeed all right, um, I, I think that that wraps things up. I enjoyed the bit, but yes. uh, let's go ahead and call it here. We've killed Bioshock Infinite. Everyone from 2013 who talked about it is now hideously embarrassed. Um, That's right. You know, we are going to be the new Jeff Gerstmann and Jim Sterling because they posted cringe seven years ago. All right, uh, I'm I'm Jeff Gerstmann. You're Jim Sterling. I can. I, I'm cool with that. Can I be Adam Sessler? (laughs) I mean, if you want. (laughs) Do I get any cocaine? You get get all the privileges Adam Sessler gets, so yes. (laughs) All right. So, Missandry, where can people find you online if they want more great content from you? Wouldn't call it great content, but I am at Missandry Cannon at Twitter. Uh, Mm. That is it. Uh, I have no plugs, but I do want to say, uh, if you want to play a an immersive sim that actually tackles thematic things of a thematic nature with maturity and nuance without equivocating, you should play Arcane's Prey from 2017. Oh, interesting. I had not heard that about Prey. I was thinking you were going to say Deus Ex because it basically says George Bush did 9-11, which is true. <laughs> Prey's real good. All right, Reese, where can people find you online? You can find me at your very good bud on Twitter. Excellent. You can find me at 8alton8 on Twitter. You can find our official website at videogamesoftheworst.pinecast.co. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash vigatwato. You can find our official Twitter at twitter.com slash vigatwato. 
Basically, you can find us anywhere there. I occasionally post videos on my personal YouTube called Alton Plays. I've uploaded some old clips I've got of us playing video games together, which I think are quite funny. Um, I think everyone should check out the one where I play Sven co-op with my friend Bacon Knight and at the end, because I didn't know where else to put it. I put uh, me and Reese playing Lost Castle, and I pester him about. <laughs> I pester him about how what he would do if he had a partner that looked like uh, Ian Miles Chong. <laughs> uh, I I did not watch that one, so I, I will have to refresh the exactly the <laughs> what I, I I'm curious what I would do. So. <laughs> All right, yeah, so go check that out. Anyway, yes, if you want to, you can subscribe to our Patreon. It's $1 a month uh, because we don't produce things regularly enough to charge anything more. But with that $1 a month, you get all of our previous premium episodes, which include video games are okay, maybe, our podcast where we talk about games that we enjoyed, and also one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, which is uh, In the Mountains of Mountain Dew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is basically us talking about horrific experiences we've had with Mountain Dew. It's a Cthuloid horror episode, and it's uh, it's wonderful. So go check it, that out. It's by far the most vulnerable I've ever been in my life. Uh, exactly. Telling these stories uh, for public consumption. Yeah, with and our good we friend, have, Brian and Matt. And we also have our, uh, it's a little dated at this point, but we have our Jeffrey Epstein freakout episode, which I oh, think yes. is, is a classic. Yeah, so $1 a month, you get all those cool episodes we're never going to release to the public because they're too embarrassing. <laughs> all right. All right, you, enough. You, you're done. All right. Learn about the most dangerous Mountain Dew flavor. What's that? Right, leave, leave that up to the listener's imagination. Oh, my God. Let them be, <laughs> be tempted into paying the $1. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, bye, everyone. Farewell.
you know, I'm the whitest person that ever did the funky chicken. <laughs> <laughs> 